0: shot a wedding once where the bride hated her hair so bad. She literally oh. had scissors in her hand was about to cut her hair before <laughs> her ceremony. And I was like, "Look." And I had to go in there and like talk this girl off of a ledge because okay. like I want them to know like it's not nearly as bad as you think it is.
1: Welcome to Live Life Creative, breaking down the barriers to being more creative. I'm Dylan Crimebrink. Thanks for spending time with me today and thank you for supporting the podcast by becoming a co-creator on Patreon. Nick I'm talking to you today, man. So I'm talking with Devin Robinson of Anchor and Veil Photography. He's out in Charlotte, North Carolina. He and his wife have an awesome wedding photography business. I actually found him through another interview on the Photography Together podcast. I started listening to Devin's Anchored Business podcast. He has his own podcast. And following his really amazing images on Instagram, I think he's got some really, really cool stuff. Now on this interview, Devin really delivers the goods. Now we talk about how you can rise above the competition by being unique, the most important principle that you need to have in your business and just in your life. And this crazy bug problem happens during our interview in his real life at his home, And I got it on tape because he left his microphone open and he let me put it in there. And it is kind of great to see to listen to. So we actually talked for so long that I split our interview into two parts. Part one is right now. And part two is going to be released in the next interview episode, episode 11. Uh, Before we jump into that, you can connect with me personally on Instagram, follow Live Life Creative Podcast, or you can search for Live Life Creative Podcast on Facebook as well. And when you hear the bug story that's coming up, what's your reaction? I'd love to hear what you think of it. You can send in your audio reaction to Live Life Creative Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, To do that, just open up any voice memo app, uh, record what you want to say, and hit share to bring it into your email. And I also wanted to share some good news with you. We just hit 600 total downloads from all the episodes here on Live Life Creative. So I want to say thank you for listening along and for sharing the podcast with your friends. But now, here's Devin. So how'd you get started in photography, especially with wedding photography?
0: Yeah, uh, photography has just been always been uh, just a really interesting thing for me. I can't even think back when I was in L- no, I think it was middle school. When I was in middle school and I had this little point and shoot and I was in a random photography class and the teacher we had to, she had us to go to a park nearby and I took some photos and I was like, "Oh, these are really cool photos." And they're just photos of like plants or something yeah. like that. And then my uh my mom was like, Hey Devin, you should enter those into some kind of contest. Or she did it for me. I can't remember, mm-hmm. but it like won like you know some random prize, some completely arbitrary prize that didn't make, <laughs> make any kind of impact on my life. But uh, and then after that, I never picked up a camera again until college, where I was actually in a college ministry and what we did to make, we wanted to make really dumb videos, like just <laughs> dumb college kid videos for our weekly meetings. And so that's what we did. I spent eight hundred dollars, put it on a credit card, and I got a a camera, which I do not suggest anybody doing, but it ended up being the best investment of my life (laughs) so far, but got that camera started making really stupid college videos. And then from there, people just started like, I would randomly take photos of things like when I travel or uh, just, just random times. And so then after that, people would be like, Hey, can you take photos of my wedding? And this one girl asked me, and I remember that. And, uh, and she was like, and, you know, I could pay you $500. And I was trying to keep like a real straight face, right? But my mm-hmm. inside, I was like, $500, let's go. Like, you know, I was like, this is so <laughs> awesome. I remember going back to Catherine, who was my fiance at the time. And I was like, babe, she wants to give me $500 to shoot her wedding. How cool is that? <laughs> and so I thought it was the most awesome thing ever. And then it kind of just snowballed from there. Like, I, I think even when I look back at my first wedding, I, I'm not like, oh, that's terrible. Like, now there were some photos that were really bad. But for the most part, there were some that are like, "Oh, these are pretty decent," and then, and I still think that. And so then now after that, I just kept going and going and, and photographing more. So it went from like two weddings, like from from that wedding, July two thousand twelve is when I shot that first wedding. Then in two thousand thirteen my wife and I, we shot our very first wedding as Anchor and Veil in March, 2013. So like quickly turned that into a business. And then we shot three weddings that year. The next year we had 14. The year after, I think we had 25 and then it went to 40 and then 40 this year. And so it's just kind of like grown really, really quickly. And it's been just an interesting transition into just being like, ah, just shoot random videos. Actually the very uh, first thing I ever shot for money I think for $300, I drove like 300 miles to New Bern, North Carolina from Greensboro, North Carolina, which is a very long drive <laughs> because it's out way on the beach. And I, I shot a wedding video. So that was, I think that was uh-huh. the very first thing I ever did for weddings.
1: Wow. So you started off in wedding videos, and then went to photography, which is kind of a, a little bit the opposite journey that some people do at least. So I'm curious about the name. Uh, where did you get the name Anchor and Vale?
0: Yeah, so anchor and veil. Uh, a big part of it is is our faith. The anchor and veil comes from a song by the song by Hillsong uh, Cornerstone, where mm-hmm. it says, "My anchor holds within the veil." So I was literally sitting there one day, and I was at I was kind of cleaning the dishes while Catherine was gone, and uh, the song was just playing in the background, and it was like, "My anchor holds within the veil," and I was like, "Anchor and veil." Anchor and veil. And that's where I was like, I, I love that. Where does that come from? And it comes for Hebrews 619. Uh, and so that verse says, we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul and a hope enters into the inner place behind the veil. And so it's this idea that Jesus goes behind the veil, goes behind the curtain on our behalf. And that is the anchor that we stand on. That's the foundation that we lay everything upon. And so anchor and veil has that two part in that it's our faith, But it's very interesting on how it's become very representative of us as a business, as my wife and I had run the company and also our work. So our work, we say, is bold and intimate. And I think that's the best description I've ever could come up come up with with our work. And I've had clients say it's very bold, it's very intimate. And so, anchor, an anchor is a bold figure, a veil is a very intimate figure, it's delicate, mm-hmm. and things like that. And then you also have, it's funny, we joke around and we say that Catherine is actually, people are like, oh, are you the anchor? You know, she's the veil? And I'm like, oh, that's funny. Actually, Catherine is the anchor. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like the veil just floating in the wind, going and I'm like, ooh, let's go do that, let's go do this. But that's where it comes from. So it comes from our faith, it comes comes from that song, but it, it's really interesting how it's taken form in our business.
1: Cool. That's really cool. I love that story. So has your photography business always been focused solely on weddings?
0: Yeah. So that's that's been one of the big things for us is uh, I love weddings and I love moments. And I think those moments are harder to find in other places. And so my heart has always gone back to weddings. It's, you know, in the beginning, I think it's right to, if you are just starting out, it's right to dabble. I think it's good to be able to dip your toe into other things, see what you like, see what you don't like, because if you've never done it before, you never know. And I think it's good to try those things. It's good to figure out if that's something that you want to do so that you can say, no, I don't want to do that in the future. And so, you know, I dabbled a little bit. Not much, though. I mean, I think I think I did one. No, I don't think I ever did newborn. And then I was like, done. Uh, not doing that again. I think <laughs> I only did a couple family photos and was like, never doing that again. And then I got to weddings and just kind of kept with those actually still doing weddings and then just kept with those. And recently, you know, we've, we've dabbled with in-person sales and doing that in a really like a large scale way where we were doing like $7,000 a client on in-person sales and things like that. But my heart wasn't in it. And like, I don't really care what the money is. If my heart's not in it, I don't want to do it. And so we've always come back to weddings and Mm -hmm. now our business is transitioning where we have associates and we have things like that, but uh, it's always come back to weddings.
1: Now that's kind of a huge jump to me uh, mentally because, you know, I read different blogs, watch videos and stuff like that. And people were like, man, weddings, they're intense. They're super hard. They're like, there's a lot of pressure. You only get one chance. Like if you don't feel confident in yourself, then don't do somebody's wedding because it's such a special day in their lives. So did you ever feel like kind of intimidated just jumping into weddings where you're like, no, let's go. Let's do this.
0: Yep. That's how I am. So I am all or nothing, a hundred percent. (laughs) I'm a, I'm a, you know, a division one athlete. And one of the things my coach always told me was, I'm actually, I am not currently, I was, uh, one of the things my, my coach always told me was like, if you can't compete, then you'll never play. It doesn't matter how good you are. And so for me that like, I only have one shot to nail this is awesome. I love that. And so it pushes me. I I love the pressure of, I, I think that's one of the things I love the most about weddings is the pressure of the day how intense it is I love when things get really thrown off like like when people are an hour late or makeup or things like that and then everybody's looking at me and they're like what do I do Devin and I'm like this is what we're doing huddle up you know like that's just kind of <laughs> how I am and like and solve that issue and then at the end of the day like that bride looks at me and she's like wow like I would have never been able to get through that without you. Thank you for being there. And like, it's just so rewarding. And I love having those high pressure situations and getting through them. Like there's, there's, I, I vividly remember a lot of times where, not a lot of times, but like I remember vividly remember things where like important things are going on in front of me. And then I'm like, boom, battery dies, boom, memory cards. And I feel like an action hero. I'm like <laughs> switching like memory cards and, and batteries, like right in the middle of something really important happening and then still nailing it. And I'm like, nice. yes that was freaking awesome. You know? And so like, that's just kind of how I am. Now I do take precautions. So that does not happen often, (laughs) but when it does, it's super gratifying. Like when I'm able to to nail it and like, I love those situations and that's just how, that's just how I've always been. It's been, it's weird.
1: Yeah. So when you were talking to there about how stuff was going wrong, like makeup's going late, people aren't showing up. Do people always tend to look towards the photographer in weddings in that kind of situation? Or do you think it's because like who you are or it's like, what goes, what do you think goes on there?
0: Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I think there's a natural tendency for people to look at the authority in the room, and as the photographers, uh, the the bride wants the photographers' input regardless of what's going on because she trusts them more than she trusts a hair and makeup person. Like we team, we seem to have a lot more authority on the situation mm. more than a hair and makeup person, more than somebody else. For us. Like I, I tell our brides, like, I'm like, Hey, look, I got your back. Like, that's one of the huge things, you know, about us is like, we are family, like in this process of planning and things like that. Now we're not going to plan your wedding, but if you have questions with anything, we, and we set ourselves up so that our brides know that we are the authority on this subject, like photography or weddings. And so on the day of, when that happens, I tend to uh, not shy away. Cause I think there's some times where I've seen, photographers or I've seen people like shy away from oh no bride is upset in the room like I have shot a wedding once this is this is actually kind of crazy she was probably One of the craziest brides I've ever had, but had shot a wedding once where the bride hated her hair so bad. She literally had scissors in her hand, was about to cut her hair before her ceremony. And I was like, look, and her bride, her bridesmaids were like, stop, don't go in there. And I had to go in there and like, talk this girl off of a ledge. Like, you know, and so like, it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. But like, (laughs) that's just kind of how sometimes the wedding day is but like I insert myself into situations like that because like I want them to know like it's not nearly as bad as you think it is you know and so that's just kind of how um I think that so that's a two like I think it's both it's both it it is the photographer is the authority and sometimes they're just placed in that position but I think it's also me putting myself in that in that position for them to look to me to know what happens next or to calm them down or things like that
1: that is a crazy story <laughs> yeah. Cutting your hair. That's literally out of an episode of How I Met Your Mother.
0: <laughs> Where yeah, the guy it, yeah, his is. head. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's crazy.
1: Yeah. So I've been watching your guys' Instagram. You post like some really incredible photos, not just of the brides and stuff that and the weddings that you do, but of just the different yeah. places that you go to, which is pretty cool that you get to travel so much. So do you have like a particular favorite destination wedding that you really enjoyed. Yeah, photographing? Yeah, uh, so
0: we shoot a good amount of destination weddings but one of my favorites, I'll tell you ooh, there's a lot of toss-ups. We've got a really good one coming up in like Barcelona. I think it's going to be pretty awesome. But we had one in. it's going to be just crazy but there's this place called Buma Vista, Colorado. It's about two and a half hours away from uh, Denver just and it's surrounded by, what, by what's called the Collegiate Peaks. It's this valley and you just look around and it's all like gigantic mountains all around you. And for me and Catherine, we got away and we spent some time there. And it was just one of the best, most sweetest times. And it was quiet. The city has 2,000 people in it. It's tiny. It's awesome. And that was probably the best trip we've ever taken and the most beautiful place we've ever been. Like We were driving down the road, literally saw a stampede of hundreds, hundreds of deer and elk. Like It was (laughs) amazing. It was just a really cool and like, Majestic kind of atmosphere to be in, and and we just absolutely loved it. And and we've been in a lot of different places, but that was that was that was really it. That was cool.
1: Cool, really cool. So I know that you're into uh, like workshops, education, you know, developing yourself, uh, developing your business with your wife. Have there been some principles or ideas that you've come up with over time or learned from others that has really helped you in this really competitive field? Because wedding photography, I mean, that's a competitive field.
0: Here's the hard part. A lot of people think it's it's competitive because there's a lot of wedding photographers. But I think if you can differentiate yourself in that you can separate yourself from the rest of the crowd, then there's no longer any competition. Like we get 350 inquiries a year because wow. we have set ourselves apart in a way that like, We've become just ourselves. So I think when you talk about uh, any kind of principles, I think integrity is a big principle there. Uh, and I've talked about this previously, but anytime I think about this, I think of that episode of uh, Parks and Rec where Ron Swanson he he had, he creates these chairs, and they're amazing, amazing, amazing chairs. Mm-hmm. And so like this lady who is like the bee's knees, she's like the Beyonce of uh, <laughs> the Beyonce of Parks and Rec. She comes and she's like, "Hey, Ron Swanson, I want to put your chairs and sell them like mass production in all of my stores and make you millions and ron was like well you can't do that because i only make like three of these chairs a year and Mm -hmm. and they were like ron why wouldn't you sell and he goes because at the end of the day all you have is your name Right, like you can, you can go, and you can, you if if you go and you give away all of your stuff, then your name becomes watered down. Like if you go and he sells his chairs to this woman, his name becomes watered down, and it becomes synonymous with Walmart or something, you know. And so, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day all you have is your name. And I think as a photographer in the industry, at the end of the day, all you have is your name. And when you when when a bride pulls up your tab, she control clicks or command clicks your tab in Google. And there's 15 other tabs in her browser. At the end of the day, the only thing that's going to separate you is who you are. And so for mm-hmm. us, I know that like when a bride, partially because our work is so different and our work is so different because like for me, uh, one of the other principles I think is Uh, humility and and humility and being able to learn and to grow and persistence in that when you fail, you continue to grow from that failure. Because like there's plenty of times where I've failed and I failed or like there's plenty of times where I have not gotten the thing I've wanted to do like in that moment, but then continue to persist and then finally nailed that shot or something like that. And so it's become Mm -hmm. very much so it it was able to make it my own because I continue to be uh, who I am. I did a workshop with this guy named Parker Fister, and it was very interesting because like it, first of all, the dude's insane. So if you ever go look up his stuff, it's absolutely insane. But his workshop was a shooting workshop in that like he had different drills and things for us and that we had no idea. So if, it, if I tried to like, so like one of the drills was like, hey, it's, it's funny. We go one by one in a room and like nobody could tell you what was in that room. But when I walked in there, I, he's like, you have 15 seconds to, sh- to shoot this rope on a stool. And I'm like, what? And like, I shot the rope on the stool, how I saw the rope on the stool. And then another time was like, hey, you have two minutes to shoot this bride differently. So like I went last and like, there's like a four by six part of this staircase and everybody went before me and he's like, you have to shoot it differently than everybody else did before you. And so I had to really come up with my own thing. But I, what I found was it wasn't, so I, there was one, one kind of task And I tried to like, somebody had leaked kind of, they're like, oh, you're gonna use these little lights. So I tried, Mm -hmm. like use these little lights in a dark room. So I tried to like Google that before I went because I really wanted to do it well. And that was the worst one I did because I didn't just go in and do me. I was trying to do other people. And so I think Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like. If you don't have the integrity to be yourself or you don't have the integrity to stick to who you are, like, then I don't think you're going to make it far. And if you don't have the persistence and the humility to learn and to grow and to fail and to keep growing, then you're not going to make it very far. And you're just going to look at like everybody else who fails and then does what everybody else does. Like, I'm not saying buying presets is bad, but they fail because they can't figure out how to edit or they can't figure out how to shoot in their own way. And so they buy a preset pack or they buy a posing Mm -hmm. course or they do these things or this and that. And then they end up being like everybody else. And then that's when it becomes competitive. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever considered
1: becoming a motivational speaker?
0: <laughs> no, uh, no, <laughs> I, 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 was, so I was like the college pastor at our, at our church and, uh, I love speaking. Okay. I love being able to, now that's different, you know, like I'm, pre- I'm preaching the word and I'm being yeah. faithful to the text. And so it's not like motivational at all. I think it's actually right. like, Hey, repent and believe, but it's not, not all Christianity is like that. Though, like, not just repent and yeah. believe it's not like hellfire and brimstone
1: standing out and being in a competitive field. But when you differentiate yourself, there is no competition. Yeah, man, none at all. So how do you do that for yourself with Anchor and Veil?
0: Yeah, I think one of the biggest things with Anchor and Veil was really going on the route. One, I think that Parker workshop, that Parker Fisher was a huge workshop for me to inwardly look at who I am as an artist. That is a huge thing to be able to do as a photographer is who are you as an artist? Because that's going to make you different. Like, I joke around with brides and I'm like, look, you probably pulled up a tab and you you saw all these tabs with photographers. And the first 10 tabs were the same pose, same type of location, different people that probably looked the same. Then you pulled up ours and it's completely different than everybody else. And I think that's how we were able to differentiate ourselves is that like I decided I didn't want to be. And it's funny, our Instagram profile says for those who don't want the same basic wedding photos as their friends. That's mm-hmm. what my Instagram fo- profile says, and it's gonna say that always because that's who we are. Like. I differentiated myself as, and I and I shot by shooting the way that I saw and the way that I see is differently, and the way that everybody sees is differently. But everybody's so afraid to get out of this wedding photography box that everybody stays in. That once somebody goes out of that box, then they're able to do something different. Like or they, by doing something different, then they're able to take their business to the next level. You know what I'm saying? And like I think that's how we were able to do it as Anchor and Veil was by stepping out of that box that everybody else is trapped in and doing something different. And then because of that, people are like, "That's what." I want people literally come to us because like their friend like they're they want photos different than their friends like I have brides sometimes and like whatever I'm fine with this we've almost become like coveted in Charlotte because like our <laughs> brides don't want their friends to book us you, you know what I'm saying <laughs> like they don't like some of them don't like because some of our brides are very status driven and that's okay with mm-hmm. me that's fine because then we become like a luxury item that like People, everybody wants us. Uh, but, but like, sometimes either they can't afford us or, like, their friends just don't tell them about us because their friends are the only ones that want us. And, like, I'm fine with that. It's like it's like a Louis Vuitton bag or something like that. Like, you see it and you want it, but you're like, I can't have it. Hey, I'm sorry. Can we pause? Yeah. Yes, babe? There is a massive, massive something, and I can't get downstairs. What do you mean you can't? What, what's the massive something?
1: It's either a... A big a spider or a cockroach and it's on the wall. Oh yeah! Did, did you hear that? Yeah. Okay, I'll be you should back. go take care of that.
0: i there. Holy crap! You need something bigger than a shoe for that. What the heck is that? See now you know
1: why I said that. I wouldn't make you pause for a little cockroach. Let's
0: <laughs> the super I don't know what that. This thing huge. I don't even want to get near it. What the heck is that? That's so big. I'm so afraid of that thing. Don't
1: squish it on the wall. All right. So are you there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay,
0: cool, cool, cool. It was like, it was really big, but it was a cockroach and it was like <laughs> sideways. So I couldn't see it Ugh. unless, but it was like really spread out. It was massive. It was crazy.
1: Yuck. That sounds horrible. We've got some pretty bad bugs in our house too sometimes, but nothing like that. That was
0: crazy. Anyways, that's funny. I actually was a college pastor for a little bit. So I've got some experience in like speaking in front of people and college students and things like that. And my passion and my desire is really to see people grow and to see people learn and to be better versions of themselves or to get to versions that they never thought they could. And I think a lot of it is so mental. And I think a lot of it, yeah, one, you do have like that motivational speaker aspect of it. But I think honestly, like it's a core belief in who you are and what your identity is and things like that. And so for me, I, I you know, like as a Christian, I believe like my identity is in Christ. And so I believe that like, it's just one of those, it's one of those things where, like, I nobody else dictates what I believe about myself, and I think that's such a huge core concept that people need to have because otherwise, then we get in this this whole like comparison game, and as we know, comparison is the thief of joy. and And then in that, like, we start to become like either like depressed or we just feel like we can't do it and unmotivated. And so, if I can motivate people, I I, I need to give practical advice on how to do something to improve your life, not just be like here improve your life. You know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> yeah, no problem. So you talked about the Parker Pfister workshop a little bit. Have there been other learning experiences that you've done, uh, either specifically business focused or photography focused, uh, that changed the way you thought or you did things?
0: Business wise, I think it's just come from it's come from a lot of me understanding our culture and understanding what the culture needs. I think at the end of the day, you have to understand. And if anybody listens to Gary Vee, Gary Vay- Vaynerchuk, they'll hear some of this lingo and things like that. But I've taken a lot of it and just kind of tried to make it my own because I don't want to be another Gary V. I want to be who I am. But he's got incredible practices. I think understanding the end user's attention, I think understanding the culture and things like that will help you in business because tactics change. Like you can't be romantic. Like it's the reason why people who ran a business and did well 10 years ago can't run a business and do well the same exact way now because things change and technology changes so so much that I think my biggest educational piece of that has not been from anybody. I think it's been from experience and understanding our culture. So not necessarily okay. anybody has taught me when it comes to the business aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I think experience has taught me. But when it comes to shooting. Uh, the the next best thing after that was a couple of years ago, I have a really good friend named Ferraristi. He is an incredible photographer. Like when I, he is my biggest inspiration as far as photography is concerned. And, and uh, one of my, one of my great friends. And so I was like, Hey, I want to, he's coming out to North Carolina. And so I second shot a wedding with him and he said, bring one camera, bring one lens and shoot in black and white. And so I did. I brought one camera to the wedding and one lens and he didn't really need a second photographer. And, uh, and so I just kind of experimented the whole day and some of my best images I've ever shot came from that day. And it was a really, really good experience for me and understanding what I liked, how I like to shoot. And so like my suggestion, practical suggestion out of that would be, if you're a photographer, second shoot or do something like that with a new, like with a completely different photographer and, do it, do so in a way that allows you the freedom to kind of do what you want. So there's certain photographers that need a second photographer and there's certain photographers that are like, yeah, just come and hang out and just be a face. And so do what you want, like be somebody <laughs> that can just, play around at the wedding and then you'll really get to learn what you like because I think we're so often in these high pressure situations that we feel like we can't experiment but if you can go and have like a stress free type of environment for you to learn then I think you're really going to be able to experiment and find what you like and I think that was a great situation for me and then earlier this year I went to a workshop called Foundations Workshop which they say is the hardest wedding workshop for photographers there is out there and uh, I believe it like there was counselors on site what we did was we went to um, you, you have an assignment and you shoot it very documentary style and you shoot that assignment for three days and like it's like you take you go out and you shoot for one day then you come back you have a group and they spend all day critiquing every single raw photo that you took like every raw photo you took, they, they critique it. And then you go out the next day and you do it again and they come back, they do it again and they beat you down. And it's like, I think like, I think <laughs> feedback is the breakfast of champion. So like, I'm fine with it, but like yeah. some people, they broke down, like, you know, there's tears in there. People are, and they're pushing you and it's tough, but it's really rewarding. And I think those were really good things for, for me as far as shooting and learning and growing.
1: Cool. So to switch gears a little bit, so this is going from like conceptual to kind of more practical. Yeah. I remember watching a video from you about how you switch from Canon to Nikon. Yeah. But a lot of people say, you know, it's not the gear, it's not what camera you use, it's how you use it. And you've talked about that a little bit, you know, taking photos of how you see, Mm -hmm. but you do, in making that change, you did see that there's a difference between using two different sets of gear. So why did you make that change? Yeah, it's a huge difference. On like a photography level. And then how does that apply to, you know, maybe other kinds of decisions when you're choosing your tools? Yeah, that's a great question.
0: So, I think for the most part, I think Nikon are Honestly, just superior cameras to Canon. Canon are better video cameras. Canon is better. The has, fire. <laughs> look, I don't, I don't care. I've, I've shot both. I shoot Fuji. Like I've shot it all. Like whatever. Yeah. So, but I think Canon has better video cameras. Canon has better lenses than Nikon. But the dot, di- you, you, like you literally can't beat the dynamic range, the low, the low light focus motors, uh, especially on like the D eight fifty. It is absolutely amazing. I shoot. If you go and look at any of our exit photos, I bump those things to four or 5,000 ISO, no problem. And they look clean. For a little bit of background, I shot for about three months, both. So I shot like 10 weddings with a Nikon and a camera attached to me. Left hand was a Nikon, wow. right hand was a Canon. And I shot both side by side. So I literally for like 10 weddings saw comparisons and it it doesn't even come close, like it 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 just did not even come close, and so that for me, the dynamic range and all of those things was a huge reason why I switched because it allowed me to really do what I wanted and how I wanted to shoot. Like there's certain ways that I shoot a lot of scenes, and there's certain a lot of times where a lot of my photos, people are like, "Whoa, how did you use your off camera flash? How did you do this? How would you do that?" And I was like, "I didn't. It's just a Nikon." And so that's uh, <laughs> just it's just very. It's just because it allows me to shoot the way I want to shoot with the, the least amount of gear. And so that's the reason why I decided to use a Nikon. And I think that's very practical in a lot of ways because there's a lot, I would say the biggest, like the most practical work translation to that is I think we tend to get romantic about things, right? We have a certain piece of mm. certain piece of gear or a certain software that we've always used. And so then we go, uh, I've always used mm. this. So I think I'm just going to stick with it when there's something way better out there. And so I think this is a day and age, there's a disruptor for every single thing that you use, right? And a disruptor is like, what was the disruptor for eight tracks? CDs. What's the disruptor for CDs? MP3s. What's this disruptor for MP3s? Uh, streaming services. So there's a disruptor for everything out there, which means that there's always something bigger and better. But we tend to get really romantic about things. And we decide, ah, I've always done it this way. So I'm always going to do what I've always done. Right. And if you do that, we know if you always do what you've always done, you always get what you've always gotten. And if you do mm-hmm. that, then you'll never know what's out there. You'll never know what kind of progress you can make. And you'll always stay in the same kind of transition and circle and infinity loop that you've always been in.
1: So do you think it's more important to have the right kind of gear or the right kind of knowledge and experience to use whatever. Yeah, I think that's
0: here. I think that's a, a no brainer in that it's important to have the knowledge and experience. Because like for me, I know why I want a Nikon over a Canon. But if I if I didn't, then I would just mm-hmm. use Canon. But I know that it fits my style of shooting better. People that are light and airy, like pfft, use a Canon. I don't care. Like that fits your style really well. It's super interesting across the board. What I've seen is like, there's a certain, like a little bit of the darker or like, I don't know if you're familiar with fearless photographers, things like that, which I would, I would look for if I were you, like whoever's listening to this incredibly inspiring photographers on there. But like, you'll notice most of them, it's funny. Most of them shoot Nikon, but most, most light and airy photographers shoot Canon because like it's, it doesn't matter. You just have to know what you want. But I think it's more important to understand that first. Uh, so, so if you're just starting out by a camera, whatever, I don't care what kind of camera it is. But as you get to know your style and what you want more and more, there are tools that fit that better. Like I think that's across the board in every aspect of life. There's tools that fit your needs better. You just have to know what those needs mm-hmm. are before you can get it. It's You don't know
1: what you don't know. That's a great answer. I think that's really good because you have to have the experience and the knowledge first to figure out what kind of tool yeah. you need to use. Where can people find you online? Yes. Or Anchor and Veil yeah, online. So people can find
0: Anchor and Veil at uh, Anchor and Veil on Instagram or Anchored Business Podcast or Anchor and Veil. Anchor and Veil or Anchor and Veil Photography on YouTube. So really just depends on mm-hmm. what they're looking for. Or if you want to look at the shop, they can go to theanchoredshop.com or anchoredshop.com, whichever one, both of those work. And if your listeners want 15% off of the shop, they can actually go on and use promo code live life Creative, uh, and that will give them 15% off of the whole entire shop.
1: Dude, that's so kind of you. Yeah, Thank man, you so much. For sure. You've given very generously of your time, and I know you're a busy guy, so I really appreciate that.
0: Thank you for having me on. Um, You're doing an amazing job, and I'm super, super pumped
1: to hear more of your podcast. I'm really glad that I had a chance to talk with Devin because he is such a dynamic person. Definitely one of the most passionate people that I've met, definitely that for sure. And how about that bride? who wanted to cut off her hair right before her wedding. That's crazy. Literally, out of How I Met Your Mother, right? And then there's that crazy bug that showed up. That, I was blown away when that happened. It was so fascinating to listen to that unfold. So, this is the first part of the conversation with Devin. Uh, Since we talked for so long, the second and final part is going to come in episode 11. So, if you're listening to this in real time, that's going to be in about a month or so. And I'd love to see what you're doing or where you're at when you listen to the podcast. You can do this by posting a picture on Instagram and tag me at live life creative Podcast, Or you can send me an audio message. Uh, just open up your voice memo app. Tell me what's up, how you like to listen to the podcast, and then send that voice message to Live LiveLifeCreativePodcast at gmail.com to find the links to everything that Devin or I mentioned, like Devin's Canon versus Nikon video. You can check out the show notes at livelifecreativepodcast.xyz and click on episodes in the menu. And if you like what you heard on today's episode, then share it with a creative friend and encourage them to listen. And if they don't already listen to podcasts, then help them get it set up on their iPhone. They can use Apple Podcasts or just, you know, whatever app that you like, download it for them and then subscribe them to the podcast. And as always, honest reviews on Apple Podcasts or on your podcast app. These help the show get found. So sharing with friends, reviewing, it helps grow the community around this show. And then the world could use a little more creativity like this, don't you think? So I want to say thanks for helping out with doing those things. And especially thank you for being a co-creator and supporting the show. I'm Dylan, helping you break down your creative barriers so you can live life creative.